reading is from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 21. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Hi everyone, uh, really a joy to be coming uh, and sharing with you as we continue our series on the Divine Dance. We're thinking about the Trinity and we're thinking about this idea that we see in 1 John 4, that God is love. 1 John 4 mentions it twice, God is love. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had a time when you've just been blown away by love. Uh, a few years ago, uh, when I was working uh, for a, I had to raise support. And in my 20s, I was driving this cool little green laser. And I remember someone, a, a family, inviting me to their home and saying, Langdon, we see you driving that laser. We know that you know, you're doing these things and, and uh, you're driving a lot. We want to bless you. And they took me outside and they gave me the keys to this Mitsubishi Magna. Now this is, if you know your cars, this is a huge upgrade uh, compared to, to this beaten up laser that I had. And I remember as they gave me the keys, I was like, are you kidding? No, for, for me? I was absolutely blown away. Um, I always love to use an illustration when I'm sharing the gospel. But imagine if someone gave you a free gift, a car. 
Would you accept it? And here I am with the keys being handed to me going, can I accept this? I felt absolutely unworthy. I'm not part of their family. Why should they give me a car? And yet, out of absolute love, they blessed me. And I was absolutely blown away. I don't know if you've ever been shown absolute love. Love that is not deserved. Love that would have cost somebody something else. And it's been shown to you. How did that make you feel? Did it boggle your mind? I hope that as you watch this, you have had an experience like that at some point in your life. And I hope that if you haven't, that you do. Um, It's absolutely mind-blowing. As we continue uh, going through this series, we are thinking about this idea of God's love being shown to us. God's love being shown to us who are unworthy, uh, who maybe don't deserve it. God's sacrificial love. And we're thinking through this idea of the divine dance. I loved Shane's uh, illustration. I love that video, and I think it's going to be playing now, of this idea of God in a divine dance. Uh, A reminder for us, as Shane shared with us uh, two weeks ago, that there is only one God. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. All are equally God. One is not more God. One is not lesser God than the other. They're all one God. Three persons, not separate, but all one. The other thing that is amazing about God is this uh, concept called aseity. This is a word that I learned recently and uh, it's just been blowing my mind as I ponder it. It is the concept that God exists in and of himself. God does not need anything else to exist. God always has been, God always will be, and God uh, is not dependent on anything else for his survival. Now, I am. You are. We need food. We need an environment to live in. Uh, We need external things so we can survive. And we were born. We will die one day. Uh, We have a beginning and an end. God doesn't. God is eternal and he exists in and of himself. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need creation to survive. He doesn't need another environment. He just exists in and of himself. He doesn't need anything else. This blows my mind because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit live in this, as Trinity, live in love with each other. It combines them. The Father loves the Son and the Spirit. The Son loves the Spirit and the Father. And the Spirit loves the Father and the Son. Now, thinking through the Trinity, and you might still be pondering Shane's message a couple of weeks ago, it's hard to understand. It's hard to get our head around. Uh, Millard Erickson, a theologian, says, We do not hold the doctrine of the Trinity because it is self-evident or logically cogent. We hold it because God has revealed this is what he's like. Uh, some attribute Augustine as saying, Try to explain it, and you'll lose your mind. Try to deny it, and you'll lose your soul. I think there's some truth in that, but I think it is important that we do try to get our heads around it, even if it does blow our minds completely. And I think to understand the Trinity is actually uh, a Holy Spirit issue. It's actually for the Holy Spirit to work in people to help them uh, to understand uh, 
the, the idea of the Trinity and what it means for our relationship with God. And I think as we think about the Trinity, it's really important that we uh, discern that uh, the sorts of books we read, the podcasts we listen to, the speakers, and discern where somebody is at uh, in their understanding of the Trinity. This is really important because an understanding of the Trinity has a huge implication on our salvation and uh, on our own relationship with God. I know there'll be some uh, speakers and people will think about the Trinity in different ways. Some will say that Jesus wasn't God. Uh, some will say that Jesus uh, Stopped being God just to become a man so he could die on the cross and then goes back to being with God. Understanding the Trinity is hugely foundational uh, for what we believe. But as we think about this idea that God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit is love. If this is who God is, if this God of love, this one God in three persons, all equal, all eternal, existing within himself, united in love. If this is who God is, then who God is, is expressed by what God does. So we can understand who God is by seeing what God does. In the same way, who I am is expressed in what I do. So, you know, I like meeting new people. I like having people included. So I do the welcoming ministry, you know. In my character, I might care about a certain cause. So what I do is I give money to it. Um, If I value my health, if that's one of the values of my character, I won't eat so many salt and vinegar chips. Maybe I don't value my health. Um, If I care about what I look like, then it'll be expressed in how I dress. I probably wouldn't wear double denim and things like that. Um, if I'm an introvert, I need to spend time alone. So what I, who I am is expressed in what I do, and it's the same with God. Character determines how we live. God expresses who he is by what he does. And so we're going to see that if God is love, he expresses it. Now, the one thing about God is... God cannot fake it. If God has character, if God is love, he will express it. If God has character traits, he will express it. Humans can be different because humanity, we can fake it. We can be two-faced, we can lie, we can hide. A person can outwardly do good things but also do evil. We can go outside of our character if we think it's going to reach a certain ends. You know, God is not like that. Who God is, is going to be is expressed by what he does. God's actions cannot be separated from who he is. That's why we can trust God. That's why uh, it's, it's, it's God is someone we can trust because he's not two-faced. He doesn't change his mind, doesn't get cold feet. He acts completely uh, within his character. And God expresses who he is externally. And therefore, as God is love... He is going to show his love outwardly. Even though God can exist within himself, within the Trinity, because God is love, he expresses it outwardly. He does it in creation and he does it to us humanity. I don't know why. I I don't know why he needs to, but he does. It's the outflowing of who he is. So have a look at this from uh, uh, verse 9. This is how God showed his love amongst us. 
He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice uh, for our sins. See, God reveals his love by bringing humanity into that relationship with him. And he shows that by sending his son, Jesus. Jesus, outwardly, uh, he shows that love outwardly by sending his son because he wants all of humanity to be part of his relationship. God could just exist within himself, but he actually wants to bring us into that relationship with him. His love spills over to us. Uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Galatians 2.20 talks about the son's love, the son who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans 15.30 talks about the spirit is love. I urge you by the love of the spirit. God wants us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit want to bring us into God's love and it's shown to us. But there's also another part of God's character that is also shown, which I think is uh, that he also expresses that I think is really important for understanding God's love. Uh, one of God's other character traits is God's holiness. Uh, his holiness wants to preserve and protect that relationship of love within the Trinity. And it's what makes that perfect unity. And so if God wants to bring us into that relationship, he has to deal with it. And God being holy, God does not sweep our sin under the carpet. He's not like, you know, when you tell a, your child, oh, can you tidy your room? And they just get all the mess and they throw it in the cupboard or under the bed. It's not dealt with. God isn't like that. He doesn't sweep it under the carpet. God sent Jesus to come and deal once for all on the cross for our sin. God's holiness and love drive him to do that. That's for God to bring us into that relationship. Is to, in love is to deal with our sin. And this is God's grace at work. What is, to un, what is this grace? To understand what this grace is, understand what this love is, we look at what is the word that is used in the Greek that John uses throughout for love. And it's really helpful because the word he uses uh, for love is agape uh, or agapo in some variants throughout the passage. Um, agape love is different from eros love. Eros, erotic. Um, eros is a love that is directed to one that is worthy. Agape love is love that is directed to one that is not worthy. In fact, agape love is unconditional love. It is not based on the object of the love being lovable. It's not based on the external object. Agape love is unconditionally, it's directed at one who has forfeited all the rights uh, of the lover's devotion. The love of God, this agape love, is not dependent on who's getting the love. It's an outflowing of God's character. Look at 1 John 4.10. This is love. It's not that we loved God, but that he loved us that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God's love is different to us because often in love, when we love, there's some benefit to us. 
we love you know, a certain person. Maybe they'll love us back. Maybe there's some gratification from uh, us loving them. That's most of our love. God's love is different. God's love isn't looking, it doesn't depend on us to love him back. God's agape love is unconditional. This is really powerful because so often we define, can I be loved by am I worthy? God doesn't have that same mindset. God loves you, not because of you, but because of who God is. Amazingly powerful. So God's agape love is unconditional, but it's also self-sacrificial. God expressing his love to us, it cost something. It wasn't the easy option. Sacrificial love is willing to go without. It's willing to pay the price. And this is what God has done for us in sending Jesus to the world to die on the cross to deal with our sin. It cost the Son. And that is the agape love that God expresses himself within the Trinity. And that's the agape love that God now expresses to humanity to bring us into salvation. And it's amazing. Think about it. All the members of the Trinity at work to bring us to salvation. Uh, One of the, the books I read said this, Salvation is administered by the Father, accomplished by the Son, and applied by the Spirit. Uh, Church Father Arrhenius said it like this, Without the Spirit, it is not impossible to behold the Son of God. Nor without the Son can any draw near the Father, for the knowledge of the Father is the Son, and the knowledge of the Son is through the Holy Spirit. And according to the good pleasure of the Father, the Son ministers and dispenses the Spirit to whomsoever the Father wills and He wills. To bring that agape love to humanity requires all the members of the Trinity to be at work. It's amazing. All these members of the Trinity, all equal, yet to bring a salvation, some functioning uh, in subordinate ways with each other to enable it to happen. This is the amazing love of the Trinity because, you know, it, it blows my mind. You know, did, did, did the Son come and die on the cross, but, you know, then afterwards goes to the Father and the, the, the Spirit? Oh, look, I got the short straw on this. Do I get, does he get resentful? Does one say, you know, you get more glory? Does one say, no, I've given up, I'm walking away, it's too hard? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all active in unity, in humility, all working that unconditional, self-sacrificial love to bring us, humanity, to salvation and into that relationship with God. So if we, therefore, have received that agape love, then what? Look at 1 John 4, 11. It says this, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We too are to also show that agape love, that agape love that's unconditional and self-sacrificial. If that's what God's done for us, that's what we should show. Uh, It reminds me of the story of the Good Samaritan where uh, Jesus is talking uh, to that expert in the law and he says, you know, uh, we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and strength and mind and and love our neighbor as ourselves. And the 
uh, expert in the law says, well, hold on, who's my neighbor? Who's the person I'm meant to love? He's asking the wrong question because our love is to come from God. It's not, you know, who it's directed at, but it's actually to come from God. This is the love that we are also to show. Our love comes from the love that is given to us. Look at 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and who knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Our love, we can love because we were loved. And God wants us to know the completeness, the fullness of that love. I love uh, Paul's prayer in Ephesians in a similar line. But look at 1 John 4.12. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. God wants us to know that fullness. God wants us to, uh, to know completely exactly what it is and the depth of his love. We also recognize that God has given us his love through the Holy Spirit. This is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit works. Look at verse 13. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. So this love from God, this is an absolute gift, and he wants us to know the absolute fullness of it. He wants us to know that love in us. But he also wants us to know that love, the fullness of that love, as it's expressed amongst us. Look at verse 17. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We know... God's love is in us by the Holy Spirit. And when we know God's love, it takes away our fear of judgment for sin. Because when we know God's love, it assures us. If we have God's love, then it assures us that what Christ has done on the cross has completely done the job to deal with our sin once and for all. And knowing that love drives us to be even more loved. I've talked a lot. Let me give you three encouragements uh, today. Number one, with the help of the Holy Spirit, let us pursue God's agape love. Let's seek it. Let's pray for it. And let's exercise it. Let us love unconditionally. Let us love not Dependent on who we're going to love or what we're going to love, but dependent on God's love in us. Let us make that choice. Let us love each other, the world and the church, unconditionally. Let's love people not because they're worthy or because we get gratification. Let's love because God's love is within us. And let's love self-sacrificially. Let's love, even if it costs us time, even if it costs us energy, even if it costs us money, let's love. And let me say, I know that some people are really easy to love. 
Some people aren't. In fact, some people, when you love them, it doesn't, it's not just a neutral thing, it drains you. We know that. But what sets us apart as followers of Christ, what glorifies God is, that, is our love. That we love people, that we persevere in love, that we draw strength from the love that God has given us by His Spirit to keep on loving others. Let us rely on God's Spirit to love others each and every day. That's number one. But number two, may this agape love, this unconditional self-sacrificial love, permeate our community. May our church community here know that we love each other. Can we do everything we can do to look out for each other, to support each other, even if it doesn't benefit us personally. Let us sacrifice our time, our money, our energy, so that we in our community here at Victory may know love. Now, in some ways, one of the things that we're having conversations about now is uh, what, how we respond to church as uh, we get further polarised uh, through being either vaxxed or, uh, or people who aren't vaccinated. Now, culture is polarising in many ways. And... You know, this week, uh, the, the church here, I've had conversations. You know, we've had many people who are passionate on either sides uh, of what they think and how they respond. And this is a conversation we're going to have, we are having, uh, we're going to have, and we need to have. I want to encourage us as we think about uh, these issues that are threatening, that can really divide us, that let love drive us. Let us love uh, in ways that are uh, love each other through that process, that still love each other even if we disagree. I think this is one of the things that's crept into even church culture is this idea of cancel culture. Honestly, cancel culture is from Satan. Uh, let us keep on loving each other, not shoving each other away even if we have a different point of view. Let's not let cancel culture be part of our church in this conversation. It really threatens our church. Let's have these conversations personally. Uh, let's have these conversations in ways that are going to build each other up. Let's have these honest conversations, but let's do it with love. Let that be a part of our community. Here's the last thing that I want to encourage us with. Knowing that love that God has shown us, knowing that love means that we want others to know the love of God. As God has brought us into his loving relationship through Christ, God now wants to use us to bring others into that loving relationship with Christ. Jesus says this in John 17, As you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. As God has been sent to us to bring us into that love, that agape love, he is now part of us showing that love is to bring others into that world as well. Look at this amazing prayer that Jesus prays further on in John chapter 17. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that they may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they be in us. So here's that idea of God uh, bring us into the, his, his love relationship. May they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory you have given me that they may be one as we are one. In them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Listen to this. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved 
me. As we're given that love, God invites us to bring that love to others. And our love has to be driven by a desire to bring others uh, into God's love. So let us do everything we can in, to love people. Everything we can to win them into a relationship with Christ. And it means doing all those practical loving things. And it also means that we need to be consistently telling the story of how God has loved us, sent Jesus, and uh, shown his love on the cross. Let us work together as a church to keep on bringing people into his love. Uh, I can't wait till we can do mission trips again. One of the things I love on mission trips, this happens every time, uh, there is always that time uh, in a mission trip where we're taking a big group out, we're going out from our hotel to, to go and do something, and then someone says, hey, stop. One of the team members is just finishing sharing the gospel with a security guard or something like that or someone from the hotel. And normally you'd be like, come on, I don't want to wait for you to have your conversation. We've got a big group. But so many times on mission trips, I've seen the group say, you know what? We're going to stop. We're going to be patient. And we're going to wait for that person to finish that conversation. And it's the most beautiful sign. Uh, It's the most beautiful thing. It reminds me of what the Trinity does. Works in absolute unity, self-sacrificially to bring others to Christ. And let that be us too, us as a church, uh, taking all that love we've been given to work in absolute unity so that the world may know that Christ has come and they can have a chance as well to join us in that relationship with Christ. Loving others and bringing them the gospel takes time. If we're not spending time with people, how can we share the love of Christ with them? That agape love is risky. It's risky to us. It doesn't always serve our needs. But loving others is worth it. As John says in verse 7, Friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, as we think about love from the Trinity, Father, I ask for your Holy Spirit to fill us all who are watching this with your love. May we know the fullness of your love that you've passed on to us. May we know the fullness of your unconditional love. May it transform our hearts. May we know the truth of your self-sacrificial love that you showed through the sending the Lord Jesus to die on the cross, that we can be forgiven for our sins and respond in faith. Father, thank you for demonstrating to us the Trinity, each playing its part in unity and love. And Father, as you've shown love to us, we pray, Lord, would you enable us to show that same love to others, that unconditional, self-sacrificial love. And Father, may you use us to bring others into that same love. We pray in Jesus' name.